that the United States went to the moon, this podcast might be a little advanced for you. Because I'll be talking about some college-level conspiracy fact stuff here. You know, everything I say is searchable and provable. But you're still not even in kindergarten. Good. And you'll, you'll think I'm crazy and won't understand it. And this is not about the moon landing, you know. Uh, I, that, that was a bunch years ago. But this is about our corporate fiction vessel, a.k.a. your straw man. The capital letter name of your name that is 
that they use to do business with. You're a people. You can't do people with a business uh, with with a people. You can't do business with a people. So they had to make you. They had to turn you into a business, a corporation. Uh, I don't know. There's several different words for it, but they make a, a corporate fiction vessel. You know, vessel that way they can put you, they can hold you to their laws. You know, laws of the land, air, and the water. But they keep you on the water, not on the land. So, like I say, uh, a, a good criteria for this podcast is if you still think that we landed and went to the moon, then uh, this podcast is probably a little advanced for you. But you can still enjoy it because if you like, maybe like watching me listen to me scream and yell and call you a slave. We will go over the straw man theory. And after that, from this moment after that, the straw man, the proper name for straw man is the corporate fiction vessel. And the proper name for, uh, instead of cons- uh, sovereign citizen or free man, we are nationalist. American state nationals, or whatever state you're from, it you be. I'm from Florida, so I'd be considered a Florida state national. But I'm gonna run you over the straw man theory. But see, this the word straw man is the government's word, their slang that they created, and conspiracy theory, and not conspiracy theory. Sovereign citizen is one of their words too. And they put them words out there for the public to use. And if you use those words, they'll hang you in court, man, because they they know you don't know what you're talking about. But if you use the correct words, then they have to listen because they know what you're talking about. The straw man theory also called the straw man illusion, is a pseudological conspiracy theory originating in the Redemption Amendment 4 movement and prevalent in anti-government and tax protester movements such as sovereign citizens and freemen on the land. The theory holds that an individual has two personas, one of flesh and blood and the other a separate legal personality, in other words, the straw man, and that one's legal responsibilities belong to the straw man rather than the physical individual. Pseudo-law advocates claim that it is possible through the use of certain redemption procedures and documents to separate oneself from the straw man, therefore becoming free of the rule of the law. Hence, the main use of straw man theory is in escaping and denying liabilities and legal responsibility. Tax protesters, commercial redemption, and get-out-of-debt-free scams claim that one's debts and taxes are the responsibility of the straw man and not of the real person. They back this claim by misreading and the legal definition of person and misunderstanding the distinction between juridical person and a natural person. 
Courts have uniformly rejected arguments relying on the straw man theory, which is recognized in law as a scam. The FBI considers anyone promoting it likely a fraudster, and the Internal Revenue Service considers it a frivolous argument and finds people who claim it on their tax returns. Well, that definition is definitely twisted. Uh... First of all, it makes a lot of assumptions. Uh, people who do the straw man are people who try to live by the rule of law. They're not going to become free of the rule of law. They usually are very well uh, natural law-abiding citizens. They just ain't going to follow all your little codes and little policies and stuff. Take back your straw, man. UCC, one uniform commercial code. Take back your straw, man. On April 15th, 1933, then-President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, under executive order... Hey, he can't do That's not even legal. Issued April 15th, 1933, declared all persons are required to deliver on or before May 1st, 1933, all gold coin, gold bullion, and gold certificates now owned by them to the Federal Reserve Bank branch or agency or to any member bank of the Federal Reserve System. James A. Farley, Postmaster General at the time, required each postmaster in the country to post a copy of the executive order in a conspicuous place within each branch of the post office on the bottom of the posting was the following. Criminal penalties for violation of executive order. Man, that's so illegal, dude. You know, we have three branches of government. Your, your president and your government could just came, Oh, Marcus, this is the law. And sign it in the law because it's not law. Executive orders are not law. A $10,000 fine or 10 years imprisonment or both as provided in Section 9 of the order. Section 9 of the order reads as follows. Whoever so willfully violates any provisions of this executive order or these regulations or any rule, regulation, or license issued thereunder may be fined no more than $10,000 or if an unnatural person may be imprisoned for no more in 10 years or both or any officer, director, agency, or any corporation normally participates in any such violation may be punished, be like fine, imprisonment, or both. Note, stated within a document received September 17, 1997 from the U.S. Department of Justice Office of Legal Counsel, Office of the Department of Assistant Attorney General Richard L. Shifton in response to the Freedom of Information Act Note stated that within the document received uh, was the following. A fact that is frequently overlooked is that executive orders and proclamations of the president normally have no direct effect upon the private persons or their property and instead normally constitute only directives or instructions to officers or employees of the federal government. The exception of those cases in which the president expressly authorizes required by laws enacted by the Congress to issue executive order or proclamation dealing with the legal rights and obligations of members of the public. <laughs> Look, then I just say that such a issuance of selective service regulations established of boards of, to investigate certain labor disputes. 
Okay. And the establishment of quotas and fees in respect of certain imports into this country. What the hell? In note that it seems rather obviously that President Franklin D. Roosevelt was not expressly authorized or required to issue an executive order or a proclamation demanding the public private to relinquish their privately held gold. The order proclamation issued by Roosevelt was an undisciplined act of treason. Oh my God. Two months after the executive order on June 5th, 1933, the Senate and House of Representatives, 73rd Congress, first session at 430, approved House Joint Resolution 192, Joint Resolution to suspend the gold standard and abrogate the gold clause. Joint Resolution to assure uniform value of the coins and currencies of the United States. Hmm. 1933. to spend the gold standard and abrogate the gold clause. They took our money off of gold in 1933. HJR 192 states in part that every provision is contained in or may be respected to any obligation which purports to give the uh, obligee the right to require payment in gold or a particular kind of coin or currency or any amount of the money of the United States. Measured thereby is declared to be against public policy, and no such provision shall be contained in or made within respect to any obligation hereafter incurred. Every obligation heretofore or hereafter incurred, whether or not be such provisions as contained therein and made with respect therein, shall be discharged upon payment, dollar for dollar, and any such coin or currency in which the time of payment is legal tender for public and private use. The HJR 192 goes on to say that as used in this resolution, the term obligation means an obligation including every obligation of and to the U.S. Expect, accepting currency payable in money of the United States in the term of coin or currency means coins or currency of the United States including Federal Reserve notes and circling notes of the Federal Reserve Banks and National Banking Association. HJR 192 supersede public law which passed as law today is only color of law. HJR 192 superseded public law. What passes as law today is only color of law. Replacing it with public policy, this eliminated our ability to pay our debts, allowing only for their discharge. This eliminated our ability to pay our debts, allowing only for their discharge. When we use any commercial paper, checks, drafts, warrants, Federal Reserve notes, etc., and accept it as money, we simply pass the unpaid debt attached to the paper onto the others. By the way, our, of our purchases and transactions, this unpaid debt under public policy now carries a public liability. Uh, so, yeah, they will, you can't pay. You can't pay for your, your stuff in real money, so you're not really paying your debt. It just passes it on. So at the end of your life, they take the money that is on, that you 
created over your life. Because every time you make money, you, you, you are actually creating debt, a national debt. So you're, you're a slave because you don't know you're a slave. So I'm going to tell you, when you go to work and you get paid, all you're doing is create national debt. You're not making the money at all. You're not creating nothing. You're creating, oh yeah, you're creating debt. You're creating debt. And at the end of your life, that debt gets paid off. That's what all the probate courts and shit are. You don't really make nothing because you don't have, you can't, you have, you're not getting paid money. You're getting, I, oh no, you're getting paid at IOU. You're not getting paid in sound money. You're not paid. You're not paid. You're getting paid in lawful money. You're getting paid in legal tender. So uh, when you get paid, you're not getting paid. You just, oh, I owe you money. And then you just pass I owe to somebody else. And when you die, that's when it's all gets settled. And then they, they make money off you forever after that, bro. After that, after they pay off the original amount, you know, goes, you know, somebody puts up the money for you. When you're born. And once they pay that, they got to pay that off. And then they got to pay off any extras. Because sometimes you, like my CDL, I'm sure when I got my CDL, my, my, my score went up. You've got a college degree, your money goes up, you know. Anyway, it goes on forever. It goes on forever. It never stops because, you know, you're not paying your shit with lawful money. As soon as you figure out how to pay your shit with lawful money, you can just pay for all your bills off before you die and whatever, your truck or whatever. And, uh, whatever, man. I don't think they can even prove you even owe anything. Uh, I've heard some people do some shit, man. Uh, people get aggressive with it. I'm not real aggressive. I like to be under the radar. I mean, I get a little crazy on my podcast, but, you know, I ain't got no listeners. Ain't nobody listening to me. So I ain't really stressing it, man. The government really wants me. They just fucking follow me on my smartphone, right? You know, I mean, but uh, there's people who are paying off their bills with a handful of silver quarters because that's lawful money. HR superseded public law, which passes a law today is only the color law, replacing it with public policy. This eliminated our ability to pay our debts, allowing only for their discharge. Sounds like court shit to me. When, you know, energy, you get charged, you get discharged, you know, it's all like a, you know, docking vessels. You know, when you use any commercial paper checks, drafts, warrants, Federal Reserve notes, etc., and accept it as money, we simply pass the unpaid debt attached to the paper onto others by the way of our purchases and transactions. This unpaid debt this unpaid debt under public policy now carries a public liability for its collection. In other words, all debt is now public. The United States government, in order to provide necessary goods and services, created a commercial bond promissory note by pledging the property labor and life and body of its citizens as payment for the debt bankruptcy so you are the full backing of the United States government when they say oh, we got the full backing of the United States government they're talking about your body bro The United States government, in order to provide necessary goods and services, created a commercial bond, a promissory note, by pledging the property, labor, life, and body of its citizens as payment for the debt 
bankruptcy, this commercial bond made Chattel property out of every man, woman, and child in America. We became nothing more than human resources and collateral for the debt that was without our knowledge and without our consent. How was it done? Through the filing of registration of our birth certificates. Friends, this is the end of tonight's journey. Everyone here at the Tin Foil Bunker would like to thank you for watching our show. So we can see the numbers going up exponentially every single day. So we want to say thank you to all of our friends, internet family, and new arrivals. May the Creator smile upon you and favor you while you have the front row seat to the end of the world.
listening to the Pinfoil Bunker and tonight we are living on the floor of the universe and watching the sky rotate.